the parable I chose for the last one because I think in many ways it's really what they're all pointing us to. Let us pray for light this morning. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear what with joy what you say to us today. And help us, O Lord, to not only hear it, but to do it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, and the title of the proclamation this morning is Location, Location, Location. Hear now the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against the house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. This is the word of the Lord. You put up that first image, Zach. This house here, this image, is of a small mountain village in Italy, the Dizza de Scalve, if I have that right. There's a river that runs through that village that uh, along in the middle of these houses that align the river. And there was a dam near the village that was built around 1923, and that dam collapsed shortly after construction due to poor construction, and about 1.1 billion gallons of water come, came rushing through that village, washing most of it away. 365 lives were lost. But there was one house, a group of houses around it, that, that stood that storm, withstood it. And that's the house you see there. You can pick that out there, I hope, in that image. It's built upon a protruding rock, and it withstood the flood and the storm. The house built upon the rock survived. Go to that next image, Zach. This is an image of the Bell Rock Lighthouse. It's 115 feet tall. It stands 11 miles off the coast of Scotland in the notorious, violent North Sea. It was con constructed in 1811. Due to the tides, it's surrounded by water 20 hours a day. They only had about four hours a day to construct that lighthouse. But it stands through all those storms, even to this day, because it was constructed on rock, a foundation of rock. One more image. Go to the next one. That, of course, is an image of a storm, a violent storm. Thanks, Zach, for those images. Our focus this morning is on the parable of the two builders. It's a parable that uses images like those I've just shown you. 
images of storms and rocks and floods, houses and construction, foundations and the lack thereof. It's a parable that focuses on the importance of hearing, but not only hearing, but doing, more importantly, God's Word. It's a parable that emphasizes the three most important rules of real estate, and that is location, location, location. Where you build your house matters. And what I want you to see this morning is where you build your life matters. What you build your life upon matters. The foundation of your life matters. And the question I want you to ask yourself this morning through the proclamation of Christ's Word is upon what have you built your life? What is your foundation? What is it made of? What does it consist of? Do you even have one? And most importantly, will it withstand a storm? Upon what have you constructed your life? These are the questions that this parable forces us to ask ourselves that I want to explore with you this morning. These are the questions raised by the parable. A parable that that weaves together story and storm and stone. That's really the theme. Story, storms, and and stone. Let us think first about the story this morning. And the story of the parable is really simple, isn't it? I mean, really, Mary captured it there. You you can picture it for children without a problem. Jesus here makes a contrast between two builders, two men who are constructing a a house, and they have a lot in common. They're both men. They're both building a house. And this is important, they both experience a storm, a flood. It happens to both of them. The only difference between these two men, these two builders, was with regard to the foundation upon which they built their homes, upon which they built their lives, right? Jesus is using the house here as a metaphor for our lives. These men made different choices. Different choices with regard to the foundation, the construction materials they were using to build their lives, their houses. And that different choice, that different choice of construction made all the difference. That's the difference in the parable. That choice about upon which you would build your house. What type of foundation? And one man's house survived the storm, and one man's house did not. And the whole difference was that choice. This is a parable about choice. Ellsworth Callis put it this way. He said, the difference between these two men is not a difference of ability or of knowledge or of opportunity. It is a difference of choice. The one chooses wisely, the other foolishly. That's it. That's the difference. A difference of choice. But that difference made all the difference. That difference of choice made all the difference. And I want you to ask yourself, what choice have I made? 
Upon what have I constructed my life? What is the nature of your foundation? That's the story of the parable. Now let's think about storms. Because if you think about this parable, the revealing element of it is really the storms. It is the storm that reveals the difference between these two people, between their two homes, between their different lives. The storm is what reveals the consequences of their respective choices. You can assume that prior to the storm, you might have had no idea about whether one man's house was better than the other's. Perhaps the man who had a house built without a foundation, maybe it was a nicer house. Maybe it would have been a house that you would have rather have, right? It's when the storm comes that we see the difference. The storm revealed the difference. That's true in our lives as well. It's only when the storm comes that we know what the foundation of our lives is about and whether it can withstand a storm. One of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett, and I've used it before, is this, you only find out who is swimming naked when the tide goes out. And that's true. It all looks fine until the tide goes out, until the storm comes. That's true in this parable. It's true in our lives. It's when the storm comes that you see the difference. Before that, everything kind of looks the same. It's only when the tide goes out that you can tell who is swimming naked. Just a couple of weeks ago, two of the largest banks in the United States failed. Two of the largest failures, I should say, in American history occurred. On the morning of March 10th, that Friday, President Biden came out at 11 o'clock in the morning and gave a speech about how strong, how resilient the American economy is. Boasting of job growth, boasting of the best economy in the entire world. That very afternoon, Silicon Valley Bank failed. And on Sunday, it was joined by Signature Bank. Two days before that happened, Fed Chairman Jay Powell was testifying before Congress. And they were talking about a variety of things, interest rates and inflation. But no one saw the risk at all. No one was asking him about the soundness and resiliency of the banking system. Prior to that Friday afternoon, everything looked fine. But then the tide went out, and the deposits with it in this digital age bank run happened. You don't know how strong something is until the storm comes. That was Buffett's point, and it's really Jesus' point in this parable. You could kind of change that quote of Buffett, you only find out who lacks a solid foundation when the storm comes. And then all is revealed. The foundation only becomes truly significant when the storm comes, but by then it is too late. 
And what Jesus is trying to get us to do is to realize that before it's too late, he wants us to be wise, to think about these things ahead of time, to have a plan of construction for our lives so that we're not surprised when the storm comes, that we think ahead and choose in wisdom the construction of our lives. To build our lives upon a foundation that can withstand the storm. He's calling us, if you will, to build a storm home. A storm home with our lives. Lee Eklov, in his sermon on this text, he, he shared a story from his own life. He grew up in South Dakota in a very uh, small part of South Dakota, a place that often experienced very severe blizzards, bad weather, winter storms. It was incredibly cold, often got to below zero. And sometimes these storms would hit in the middle of the day when the kids were at school and you couldn't get them back home to their own houses. And so the school devised a strategy, a plan, that when that happened, they would choose a group of houses nearby the school that the kids could go to in that event of a storm when they couldn't get home, places where families volunteered to take these children in, and they called these places storm homes. And the kids knew about this. That's my storm home. Jesus is calling us to build storm homes like that in our lives, to plan ahead. To think about what's going to happen when the storm comes. And my question, and the question the parable forces us to ask is, do you have that type of place? Do you have a storm home? Upon what have you constructed your life? Because the parable tells us the storm is inevitable. The storm will hit everyone. It's not that Jesus says, if you're a Christian, the storm will avoid you. Everyone faces the storm. The question is, what happens when the tide goes out, when the flood comes, when the storm comes? Upon what have you built your life, and is it stable? Will it withstand the storm? Will it stand? Is it secure? Upon what have you constructed your life? We talked a little bit about story, the parable story. We talked a little bit about storms and how they are the revealing difference here. But let's come back to story a little bit. Let me share you a little story of my own. It's my story, basically. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up not far from this very church building. I could walk to my childhood home from here. I likely drove by this church thousands of times and never took notice of it. I was raised in a stay, with a stay-at-home mom and a Kodak dad. I enjoyed a middle-class upbringing, good schools. I was raised with a love for my country a work ethic, that hard work mattered. My parents instilled traditional values in me, and I'm thankful for that to this day. I think I always believed in God. But like many today, I was not very religious. My family was not very religious. I can't remember us ever attending church as a family. 
My dad grew up in Roman Catholicism, went to Catholic schools, but he did not have a very high view of either. I went to religion classes. I was confirmed in the faith. I did my sacraments. But it didn't really mean very much to me at all. I believed in God, but I believed more really in the American dream. I believed in this kind of mythology. I was raised and kind of grew up and came of age in the 80s, a child of happy days in MASH, a child of Rocky and Rambo and Die Hard, of Clint Eastwood, Sly Stallone, Chuck Norris. I believed in Ronald Reagan and Antonin Scalia and Bruce Springsteen, mostly in Springsteen, but... After high school, I pursued criminal justice, and after being encouraged by one of my professors to go into law, I pursued that, and I wanted to initially be an FBI agent, work for the Department of Justice, be a district attorney. I had this strong sense of right and wrong, and I was convinced I was mostly right. I believe my life had a rock-solid foundation. But I came to realize my life was not built on a rock-solid foundation. It was built on myths and legends. More John Wayne than Jesus Christ. That's what my life was built on. And I remember feeling that sense of being adrift, like being a boat on the ocean without a navigation system, of lacking a north star by which to chart the course of my life, of feeling uh, lost at sea, if you will. And I came to realize that the things I thought were rock solid were not. They weren't strong enough to sustain me or to satisfy me. And as I peeled them back, I realized that my life was built on a, self, on a foundation of self-love and of self-gratification and of selfishness. And I felt utterly unstable. Many people feel that way today. You ever feel that way? I think people are feeling it more and more. It's part of the nature of our age, of our society, and particularly with the advent of what we have. Even this bank collapse I talked about is a product of this ability we have for instantaneous information, of sharing things, of organizing, of having everything like pellet us at one time, barraged by news and instability. And particularly young people feel this. I was reading an article this past week in the Wall Street Journal by Susie Welch entitled, Generation Z Yearns for Stability. And they took a survey of graduating college seniors about what they wanted in their life, and 85% of them answered, stability. The worldwide global consulting firm, Accenture, describes this era of our history, the one we're living and occupying, as perma-crisis. All we do is jump from one crisis to another, and the rapidity of those things seem to be increasing with intensity, with speed. Things are fragile, and people feel the palpable nature of instability. Just think about the last six years 
We had a president impeached twice. We had a global pandemic. We had lockdowns and isolation. We had January 6th. We had runaway stimulus and debt, national debt. We had runaway inflation. We still do, mostly. And now we're teetering on the sense of another possibility of a financial crisis, right? The tide is going out. And maybe Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, they're just the ones way out first. You know, they're getting exposed. Maybe there's more to come. I read Barron's every Saturday. I love Barron's. And in the beginning of, the, each, uh, of that magazine, the, the newspaper, there's a, they do these thing numbers that are important, kind of startle you. And one of them this past Saturday, just yesterday, was 1.1 Celsius. That is how much higher the temperature was worldwide in 2020, 2022 than it was in the pre-industrial age. 1.5 is considered the tipping point in climate change, and however you feel about that, whatever your politics are about what caused that or what to do about it, if you study history, it will tell you that climate change has happened and it changes things. Mass migrations, how people live, food supply. You want to think about instability. You can't ignore those numbers. Yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, there was a story about anxiety and unsettledness, and there was a survey done through an organization related to the University of Chicago asking people the question about whether they thought their children's lives would be better off than their own, right? This is the American dream, that your kids will be better off than you. 78% of the respondents said that they believed their children would not be as well off as they are. That's dangerous for a democracy. For a capitalist country, instability, it's everywhere and we feel it and I felt it in my life and maybe you're feeling it right now in your life. The storm, it intersects with our story, it intersected with my story, but I want to tell you that one day I met Jesus Christ. He encountered me in my life. And it made all the difference. It's not that I don't feel instability. It's not that I don't feel that now, this age of permacrisis. The difference is I have a place to stand. A rock upon which to build my life. That's what Jesus offers. That's the difference. That's what He's pointing to in this parable. He's inviting you to build your life in a better location. Build it upon a rock in a world of instability. Jesus says, come, build your life on me, and I will give you a place to stand. Story. Storms. Let me finish with stone. Let's get to the foundation. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. 
It marks the beginning, of course, of Holy Week. It's the day that Jesus entered Jerusalem to complete and finish the work of redemption. And as he entered Jerusalem, where did he go? He entered into the temple and he began to teach, to tell parables and to teach. And he spoke about the foundation. He spoke about stone. And of course, he experienced resistance and rejection. And at one particular moment when he was dealing with rebuke from the Pharisees, their rejection of him as the foundation of their lives, and they wouldn't accept him as Messiah, he said this to them, Matthew 21, verses 42 to 44, he said this to them, have you never read in the Scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it's amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. Stone. What is Jesus saying there? He's speaking, of course, of himself, that he is the stone, the foundation stone, the rock upon which the temple is built. In this corner of the temple, its southeastern corner, there is that cornerstone. And as Janine Brown mentions in her commentary, that stone was foundational, averaging over seven feet long, three feet wide, weighing over 80 tons. It was solid rock, and it was that which was upon the temple was built. And Jesus says, I'm that. But some people didn't want it. They didn't want to build their lives upon the foundation, the stone that is Christ. And just like this parable, Jesus warns them about that. When he says that, the one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls what he is saying is a storm is coming. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours upon what you want to build your life, the foundation of your life. But the one who hears and does not act like... The one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. That's what Jesus was saying at the temple that day. He's saying what you build your life upon matters. Your foundation matters matters but the choice is yours it all comes down to choice a fundamental and foundational choice upon what have you constructed your life is it built upon the american mythologies is it built upon self-love and self-gratification is it built upon any foundation at all what jesus says is i offer you a place to stand i offer you a storm home but beloved, the choice is yours. It's up to you where you choose to build your house. Don't you want it to be like this house? Or this house? Because you know this is coming. 
Remember, beloved, the three most important rules of real estate. Location, location, location. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that You would give us wisdom. Wisdom regarding our lives. Help us to build our lives on hearing and doing Your Word. So that when the storms come, and they will come, we will have a place to stand. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please rise together as we sing together in response, How Firm a Foundation, number 427. Oh, uh-huh. 